What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another SmackDown Roundup. I'm your host, Ryan Satin, and what, what a day it has been. I feel like that's an understatement when you have Vince McMahon announcing his retirement, but that is how SmackDown began, so that's how we're going to start off this podcast. We had Stephanie McMahon in the ring at the top of the show addressing the fact that Vince McMahon has retired as chairman and CEO from the company. Uh, she starts talking about everything that he's done f- for the business, and she's clearly emotional while talking about everything. And, and while she's talking about Vince, uh, the crowd begins to chant, Thank you, Vince. They don't even let her finish what she's saying. They get right into it of chanting, Thank you, Vince. Uh, but she asked them to hold off so she could finish what she was saying. And eventually she closes by asking them to thank Vince, prompting the chant again. And then she mouthed, I love you, Dad, to the camera. Now, I already did a full podcast on the Vince McMahon news. So if you haven't listened to that yet, check it out in the podcast feed. I did an emergency podcast. Given all of my immediate thoughts on the news once it happened. Um, But, you know, obviously... They had to address this as well at the top of the show, or at least in some fashion during this show. I mean, they multiple times mentioned how it was historic, and it is. It was historic. I mean, uh, a SmackDown that wasn't run by Vince McMahon, and where Vince McMahon isn't the one in charge, or isn't going to be mad about any contents that, that made it on the show, or anything that happened. It's just, I mean, that is historic. It was a big deal that we had a SmackDown, a WWE show, where Vince McMahon was not the CEO and chairman of the company. It's the first one we've had of that like it's it, you know obviously since the 80s so <clears throat> it's a, it was a pretty big deal but it didn't make much of a difference to the show in my opinion the show felt like the show we probably more than likely would have seen if he was still there anyways i think we're gonna have to let some time pass before we see any real change to the product i think it was way too fresh for there to be any much of a difference here but um obviously it was a historic episode because of the fact that Vince McMahon retired today so it made all the sense in the world for Stephanie McMahon to start things off she didn't say much though she basically just repeated what had already been said online but letting the WWE universe know or at least those who who aren't on social media know what's going on in some fashion which I think they had to do I think without Vince there I think you have to tell the audience about what's going on with Vince uh, just for the sheer magnitude of, of historically of how important that was. Okay, so moving on, we had Street Profits out next. The duo once again talked about their upcoming tag title match at SummerSlam, and they're interrupted by Theory, who says no one cares what they're going to do at SummerSlam. They only care what he is going to do. And then Theory reminds everyone of his plan to cash in his Money in the Bank contract after the last man standing match for the Universal Championship, the Undisputed Universal Championship. This causes the Usos to come out, and they tell Theory to watch his mouth when talking about Roman, prompting a hyena-like laugh from Montez Ford. But Theory shoots back at Montez and asks what he's laughing at and says the only thing funny to him is the fact that he that, that Montez and his wife are going to leave Nashville without titles. And this starts a brawl, obviously, Mad Cat Moss intervenes to help the Profits, and we have our main event for later in the night set up. Shinsuke Nakamura versus Ludwig Kaiser took place after this, 
And after multiple distractions from Gunther and ultimately an interference at the end, Ludwig picks up the win. Unfortunately for Ludwig, he still gets chopped up after this. I think that Gunther was unhappy with the fact that he had to get so involved and, and basically win this match for Ludwig. But I gotta say, I, I liked the the charisma shown from from uh, Wal- uh, excuse me, I was gonna say Walter from Gunther here. It's not often that we see him almost do something comical. He's very serious, but you know when he t- told Ludwig to put his arms down so he could chop him and. Ludwig looked all scared, um, you know, but but finally does it. Then Walter stops and acts like he's not going to chop him. No, 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 I'm not going to do that. But then chopped him anyway. And I got to say, this gave me a nice little chuckle while watching it. Um, I don't don't think they're going to break these two up, even though they're building this animosity between them. I think it's a little too early to break them up. I think they're, they're still getting their bearings on the main roster. Um, but I like how much it's making Walter look like a intense, mean leader of a faction. I think it only reinforces uh, his character on TV and reinforces the fact that he is a no uh, silly business, no funny business kind of guy. So I liked it. I like this, and I like what they're doing with these two. I think it's a very good, um, different approach for what they're doing here than what we usually see from a powerhouse like Walter. After that, there was a backstage segment involving Liv Morgan and Ronda Rousey. Ronda vows to beat Liv at SummerSlam, of course, and says, let's be honest, you're Liv Morgan and I'm Ronda Rousey, which was such a mean burn, but also very well scripted. I I liked that. It uh, It made me even more interested in their match because Liv fires back and says, I can't stand here. And look in your eyes and say, I'm going to beat you at SummerSlam because I'm better than you. But I can't stand here and look dead into your soul and say that I'm going to beat you because I love this more than you. Because I want this more than you. Because I need this more than you. I am so firmly behind Liv Morgan in this. Liv Morgan must win now at SummerSlam. They have made her too sure of the fact that she can do it. She has all this confidence in herself and if... And and because of that, I think it's building confidence from the fans in her as well. You know, I think that that's really ultimately what that does. When you see someone else's confidence level rise, your confidence in that person rises as well. And unless they want to take all the air out of that, um, they got to have Liv Morgan win clean now at SummerSlam. Um, I know it's Ronda Rousey she's up against, and it's someone who's this huge powerhouse. But ultimately... You got to do what's best for your superstars, what's best for the shows, what's best for the company. And I do think that what's best for the company is building as many stars as possible. And if you have Liv Morgan lose at SummerSlam, you are killing her main event push before it can even truly blossom. So in my opinion, she has to win at SummerSlam now, especially just with the way they've shown this new confident live and and how she's so sure that she's gonna you know confident in the fact that she can do it they gotta make sure that they pull the trigger on it and have her actually beat ronda rousey i think it's super super important 
I also liked what they did with Corbin and Pat McAfee after that. Corbin gets attacked rings, excuse me, Corbin attacks McAfee ringside at the announce desk. Pat chases him to the backstage area. Brawl ensues back there. They're broken up by backstage officials. And Pat comes back out, makes this passionate plea about defeating Corbin at SummerSlam, and ends it calling him a bitch. Always like when someone busts out the B word. <laughs> it's when you know it's 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 a it's it's the ultimate bad word on WWE TV. It seems like. Well, I guess we've seen them say the S word too. I sound like a kid saying the S word, but I'm trying to keep this podcast as clean as possible. <laughs> the S word. Um, look at me being PG. Is this podcast TV 14 or is it PG? I don't know. <laughs> uh, but I do know that. I really believe that Pat McAfee versus versus uh, Happy Corbin is going to be a good match at SummerSlam. I think that these two guys are poised to pull out all the stops. I think that McAfee versus Theory was, you know, his whole WrestleMania thing was was entertaining, but now this is his chance to to do it again at SummerSlam with someone else, someone he's got all this history with, someone who he's you know friends with off camera. I think that Corbin. I think that Corbin needed this uh, after everything he had been doing recently as well. So ultimately, um, I really like how this has been going for both of them. I think they both uh, needed this for SummerSlam. Uh, Pat, I don't know if Pat needed it, but but Pat, uh, I think SummerSlam needed Pat McAfee is a better way of wording it. And so I think that this feud uh, going into it. Uh, has been very entertaining, and I'm looking forward to seeing how their match plays out. All right, let's go to a quick commercial break, and then I'll be back talking about the rest of the show. After the break, we had Viking Raiders versus Jinder Mahal and Shanky. The Raiders win this one via countout after tossing Jinder into New Day, who were on commentary. Uh, The Viking Raiders laugh this off, though. And head to the back. Not a lot to talk about here. Um, but I do think that the Viking Raiders are being presented in the best way possible right now. And I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of what they're doing with them. I think that I know I know people on the internet are still complaining about the announced team driving home the new and vicious Viking Raiders. But it really doesn't bother me. So that's really all that kind of happened here. It was a very short segment. I like the unicorn mask from woods though that was that was uh unique in, in itself brawling brutes came out after that and uh Sheamus talks about how drew mcintyre is a menace this prompts an appearance from drew mcintyre drew asked Sheamus when he became a bitch then talks about how the current champion shows up whenever he wants and that they need to restore order to the tight order to the title by taking the belt from him at clash at the castle um this before I even move on to the rest of that segment, uh, I like it. I like Drew McIntyre addressing the fact that Roman is barely on the shows now. I think it's very glaring that he has rarely been on the show as of late, um, and it really does make it tough to to stay you know super invested in the top title programs when there's no main champion on any of the shows. It just feels like. It just feels like like they're like everyone's wrestling over nothing. <laughs> uh, so I liked that Drew McIntyre uh, addressed that. Uh, Drew says that he and Sheamus need to have a match to determine 
the number one contender. Uh, but Sheamus says it won't happen tonight. He says he already talked to management. It's going to be next week, and it's going to be no DQ. He then reveals a bunch of shillelaghs and says that it's going to be a good old-fashioned Donnie Brook, the first ever shillelagh match in WWE, which Drew accepts. These two guys never have bad matches against each other. I just think that um, right now, when I watch SmackDown, a lot of it's been a repeat of the same thing for a while now. Like I feel like these two have been kind of like going in circles over this number one contender thing for like way too long now, considering it was all before SummerSlam and it's to build towards Clash at the Castle, which means we're going to get even more build after Clash or after SummerSlam towards Clash of the Castle, and I, I know that it should be important for Drew to get another title shot, but I just feel like we've just been seeing the same thing over and over with these guys. I I, I I love when they wrestle against each other. They don't have bad matches against one another. It's just it's just hard to continue being excited over the same matches over and over again, personally. It's just I want something a little more fresh, and even though it's fresh putting the shillelaghs in there... Um, I do feel like this feud has, has run its course. I also think that they should have called it a shillelagh and shenanigans match because that was a much cooler name. That's just me personally. But in good old-fashioned Donnybrook works too. Uh, we had a backstage segment after that where Paul Heyman tells the Usos to use Theory to their advantage in the main event six-man tag match but end the show with Theory face down on the canvas. We'll get to that in a little bit. Raquel Rodriguez versus Sonya Deville happens. Uh, Raquel's got new music. I'm not sure I love it. Not sure I love it. Um, I don't dislike it. I just like the music she had. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, I, what do you guys think? You tell me. Tweet me. Let me know. Did you like it? Maybe I'm tripping. Maybe I've had a long day and I'm being grumpy. I don't know. It's very possible that happens. <laughs> this was a good match. Good seeing Sonya Deville in action. Good seeing Raquel in action. Raquel wins with the Tejana bomb. Lacey Evans and Aaliyah out next. And talk about repeating the same thing show to show to show. We've literally seen this segment. I think like this is the third week in a row now. Um, So I don't even know if I need to necessarily explain to you what happens. Because I think you already know. But Lacey heals it up on the mic before the match. Says there isn't a single person in the building who can walk a mile in her shoes. Aaliyah tries to talk some crap. She says, give me a second. But eventually she sucker punches her with the women's right. And uh, the match doesn't start. She leaves. I also thought it was funny that later in the night they said, it's official. Aaliyah and Lacey will wrestle next week. And I thought to myself, was it not official the last three weeks when it seemed like that was happening? (laughs) Pretty sure it was official then. But I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Jeff Jarrett is interviewed next backstage, and he explains why his services were called upon and how they wanted someone who wouldn't be swayed by the bright lights of SummerSlam. Pretty pretty basic stuff here to hype the tag match, and I'm ready for it to happen because I feel like this similarly has run its course and needs to come to a real conclusion at SummerSlam. For the main event, we had Maxine Dupree revealed backstage, and all of my predictions were wrong. It was Sophia Cromwell from NXT 2.0. She explains that they're going to show the Summer Collection next week. And what I found interesting about this is that there was no Max Dupree in the segment. Uh, Maxine was doing all the talking now for Massey and Mansoir, 
And I'm wondering if, I don't know, was he sick or is there some sort of direction change and that's why they brought Maxine Dupree in as the manager? It should be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, I also don't think Sophia Cromwell has had enough um, enough TV time for me to determine if she's the right fit with this group. But uh, I'm excited to see how it plays out. I, I like what, what Maximum Male Models have been doing so far. I think it's fun. It's a nice little change of pace on the shows. Something different. So I'm interested, to, I'm interested to see if this is a signaling of Max Dupree no longer being part of the group. Lastly, we had the main event. The Usos in theory versus Street Profits and Madcap Moss. Uh, week to week, Madcap Moss continues to show promise. He was great here against the Usos in theory. I think that his face turn is absolutely working. I, I think that he is uh, showing that there's a reason he has been pegged as someone with potential, and I like what he is doing in matches. Theory attempts to walk off during the match, but catches a super kick from Jay Uso instead. Uh, but eventually, Theory rejoins the match and gets the team disqualified after attacking Moss with the Money in the Bank briefcase. And then after he's going ham, he's attacking with the briefcase. And suddenly, a wild Brock Lesnar appears with a smile on his face as he stares at Theory while walking to the ring. <laughs> I laughed so hard at this. You see, like, on Twitter today, it was like, oh, Brock Lesnar walks off of, walks out of SmackDown. He's left the building. Brock has left the building. And a few hours later, he's on the show. Uh, I don't know what happened there, but I thought it was funny that... <laughs> And within a few hours, the internet, everything changed from what the, the internet narrative was going into the show. Always funny when that happens. But Brock Lesnar appears with a smile on his face. He stares at Theory while walking to the ring. And then he goes right after Theory. Hits him with the F5, then attacks him with the briefcase, smiling as the show goes off the air. Um... Yeah, I I, I I think it was a it was a funny end of the show since he was initially promoted for the show, advertised for the show, then pulled from the advertising, then those reports came out, and then Brock came back. Uh, it's very Brock Lesnar like. You really can't figure out what that guy is ever going to do. If you think that you can predict what Brock Lesnar is going to do, you're wrong. He is a man who walks to the beat of his own drum. So I I laughed here that it was only a few hours for the internet narrative to get dispelled. All right, well, that was this week's SmackDown. Like I said, if you didn't listen to my Vince McMahon podcast, I talked much more about Vince McMahon there. I talked about I talked about everything, uh, you know, the news of his retirement and some of the questions that pop up in my mind when I see that. So go check that out if you haven't listened to that yet. Also, go check out this week's interview with Madcap Moss if you haven't listened to that as well. Really good conversation. Really enjoyed all the stuff he had to say. Super cool dude. And, <clears throat> and, <laughs> look at me, I'm just promotion machine over here. And, um, you know, if you didn't listen, if you missed anything from the Raw Roundup, if you don't have time to listen to the full Madcap Moss interview, I'll have a best of going up Sunday morning that has all the best stuff, that you, all the stuff that you need to be listening to to stay up to date on everything WWE. So check that out. 
on Sunday. And, of course, I'll be back Monday with a brand new out of character with a guest who's a current title holder in WWE. That's what I'll say for now. All right. Until next time, I'm Ryan Satin. You guys have a great evening.